Oh, good evening, or afternoon, or morning, or whenever you listen to this. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your buddy Gavin, filibuster freestyle. We are back. I feel like we might have taken a little bit of time off, but like not because we wanted to. I think we were just busy. Um, we did put out several rapid-fire pods before we took about seven or eight or nine days off here in the last week or so. It's uh, September 28th, 9th? September 29th, just checked, legit. Do you guys ever notice how I never actually know the date every Sunday when I do this? We typically record on Sundays. Um, sometimes we don't do this guests and pundits and scheduling and such, but typically whenever we record on a Sunday, it means I'm not traveling on a Sunday and I have time to do it, but it also means I probably don't know what date it is, which I just proved again, or I should say yet again this week. Anyway, filibuster Freestyle, we are back. We've got an interesting pod today. Um... Before that, I want you to make sure you do a few things for us. Number one, if you have Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the Filibuster Freestyle on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating, one through five stars, takes like two seconds. Why don't you go ahead and leave us a five-star rating, or don't bother taking the extra two seconds to leave us anything under. Um, But you can also leave a review, and therefore tell people why you do or do not like the show. Feel free to do that. It helps people find the show, as do the ratings. And the subscriptions, obviously, we appreciate. If you have a Droid, Google Music Play, you can do the exact same thing. Rate pods, review pods, subscribe to this pod, the Filibuster Freestyle. If you have SoundCloud, you can just subscribe to the Filibuster Freestyle as well. And you can always check us out on Instagram, at Filibuster Freestyle, or online, www.filibusterfreestyle.com. Okay, big show, probably going to be a lot of energy, a lot of heat. From our guests coming up in a bit, Marky Sal from Marky Sal Wall Decor. But before we do that, place is listening. We've got a new champion, a new number one, first time ever, the town or city of Clover, South Carolina, number one, followed by San Francisco and then Charlotte, right here in North Carolina. Countries listening besides the United States this week. India in second place, Canada in third, followed by the UK, France, Singapore, plus we got the Philippines, Belarus, and Iran. Interesting list. Thank you for everybody in those countries and around the world for listening to the freestyle. Okay, two topics tonight, and they're not going to be for everybody. Let me grab a sip of my water from Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's seltzer water. This, I believe, is grapefruit flavored, and you can think about that for a second while I take a sip. Boom. Sorry for that lip smacking noise, by the way. Drives me crazy. In general, and drives me even crazier that I do it myself. It's one of those things. Anyway, it's tough to talk with no guests. Um, thankfully, Marky Sales coming up. But two topics, not for everybody. Number one, it's going to be around uh, somewhat tangential to, to former NFL receiver, former Patriots receiver of this season, former Raiders receiver of this season, former Steelers receiver of the past, Antonio Brown. But I'm not going to talk about him re-enrolling in school, online classes this week at Central Michigan, or any of his other shenanigans, good, bad, or indifferent. I'm going to relate it to today's Patriots game against the Buffalo Bills. Today the Patriots won a squeaker. I believe it was 16-10. to 10. Defense had like four, maybe even five turnovers. Played great. But the Bills' D was stingy. Patriots' offense looked like junk for nine-tenths of the game. So... I'm really excited that the Patriots defense is locked in at the moment, and they're the only reason the Patriots won today. In fact, that's not true. Special teams also is the reason they won today, because 
The Pats did block a punt and return it for a touchdown. Matthew Slater, special teams all-pro guru, Hall of Fame type special teams player. Matthew Slater, the great Matthew Slater, picked up the fun, picked up the loose ball, ran in for the touchdown. Patriots won by six. Without those six points plus the extra point, Patriots do not win the game. Steven Gostowski missed an extra point again today. So the room for error is not great, especially when the other team's defense is playing well, shutting down the Pats. Today's offensive performance, which was futile at best, made me think of a couple things. One, unless Rob Gronkowski is lured out of retirement, I don't think the Patriots can win the Super Bowl. I think without him, they're way too one-dimensional, especially without Julian Edelman, or if Julian Edelman is hurt, which sounds like he's nursing a pretty bad chest injury slash bruised, busted ribs. So I just want to say, and this is for football reasons only, that the Patriots looked like they needed somebody with the skill set of an Antonio Brown today. I'm not saying I want him on the team. I'm not saying he wasn't a distraction and he shouldn't have been gone, and I'm glad that he is. But what I am saying is today would have been a good day for somebody with the skill set of an Antonio Brown to be able to break some things open for the Patriots offense against a very tough Buffalo Bills defense. So again, it's not that I want Antonio Brown back. Definitely not. Patriots are doing the right thing by having gotten rid of him. He shouldn't be in the league. Seems pretty detrimental to himself and others right now. But his skill set in a vacuum as a football player, fairly undeniable between the lines. And his skill set would have been valuable today. Not saying I want him, just saying his skill set, which is why I bring up the Gronk piece. You need someone like Gronk that is a unique talent. And I know he's lost a lot of weight, and he's feeling great, and he's never coming back. But, man, it would be great if they could get him for like the last six weeks of the season and then a playoff run. Just saying. Anyway, okay. That one was kind of lukewarm. Yes, we talked about Antonio Brown. We talked about his skill set hypothetically versus him as a person mostly. This is going to kind of, the next piece here after the theme song, we're going all in. Um, We're going to talk about the stuff that's been breaking this last few days related to the nation of the Ukraine and 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, also known as the White House. And we're going to talk about the Ukraine and the White House together. So some people are calling this Ukraine Gate. And we're going to bring in Marky Sal from Marky Sal Waldecor to discuss it. So quickly, spoiler alert, Marky's going to be incredibly excited about two phrases, the aforementioned Ukraine gate and the word impeachment. So if that sounds fun to you, definitely keep listening. If that doesn't sound fun to you, if that doesn't sound like something that's going to make you think or make you chuckle or make you happy, if you think it's going to make you enraged, maybe do everybody a favor, hit stop now and wait until our next episode to listen again. Does, listen, if, you, if it's going to tick you off what Marky Fowl has to say and you want to listen, free country, do what you got to do. I'm just saying, probably going to be a pretty one-sided debate. Won't even be a debate. Probably be a pretty one-sided flow. So if it's going to make you upset, this is the disclaimer. No one's trying to lose their jobs around here. No one's trying to say anything that isn't true or at least isn't their belief and their opinion. But my prediction is... We're coming in hot. Here comes the theme song on the break. Marky Sal from Marky Sal Wall Decor on the Filibuster Freestyle. Filibuster, 
filibuster freestyle. Filibuster, filibuster. Watch out for the filibuster. Filibuster, freestyle. It's the filibuster freestyle. Filibuster freestyle. Oh, yeah, as promised, Marky Sal joins us from the heart of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, Worcester, Mass. Marky, how you doing, bud? I'm doing fantastic. How you doing, buddy? I am great. I'm glad to have you on. Um, I've, I've warned folks that we are going all in on two words, Ukraine and potentially impeachment. And so, again, for those of you who didn't think I was serious before the theme song, this is your last chance to get off the roller coaster that we're about to start riding on. Um, Marky, I'm going to start you off with a question. You can take it wherever you want, um, and then we'll just see where this thing goes. But um, the word Ukraine gate is, of course, starting to to come about. Um, And for those of you who have been under a rock for the last four or five days, we'll, we'll, we'll explain that in a bit. But why do you think Ukraine gate is going to be different in that this one seems to actually be tipping enough people towards Impeachment versus all the other crazy crap that's been going on for the last two and a half, three years. Okay, I think that the thing that's different is um, I think that this is as close as you're going to see to, you know, somebody with their hand in the cookie jar, right? Mm, yeah. it's, it's his own words um, that he's not disputing. He actually put out there. Yeah. Not, not that it was his, you know, he wouldn't have wanted to put it out there. It's not like he was doing it to, you know, be transparent at all. He was forced into doing it. But once he was forced into doing it, and he didn't see this as, as bad as it actually is. Um, so so I'd imagine, you know, in hindsight, he probably would, he wouldn't have made the same move. That probably would have been the time to start, to start really fighting. Um, but he didn't. He put this out there and... That's it. So, so as far as like, why is this one sticking? And, and to go along with the with Ukraine, Ukraine Gate, I think it's going to get so much bigger than that. That mm. you know, that's where we're at right now. I don't think that's where we're going to end. Yeah, that that seems to be the one. Totally agree with that part. Is that this opened up a lot more stuff the way that Watergate, which by the way, everybody, the hotel is literally called Watergate, which means today we would call it Watergate Gate. So. Just stop calling stuff that. It sucks. Yeah. But anyway, but anyway, that's a hot, that's a smoking hot take. Um, yeah. But to use the pilots of our times today, Ukraine Gate. Yeah, this is the combination of the first like slam dunk indication that he's not planning on leaving office at any cost, and he's not smart enough to cover his whole his own tracks all rolled into one scandal. And to your point. It made a whistleblower do what the whistleblower did, which is call a, call a little timeout. And now we find out that we're not using the secret server for things that are supposed to be, you know, very, very, like, safety of the country, top secret. Now we're just doing things for political gains on the double secret probation. And to your point, who knows what else is on that now that we know this was there. And it sounds like we're going to be able to, like, someone's going to be able to listen to that all. Someone, someone's gonna gonna definitely be able to. We're gonna get access to a lot more than that. And when I say we, I mean, you know, the Congress representing the American people, right? And yeah. and so I think they're gonna get a lot more of the, that, that information. What what I think though that is 
so problematic about this that I, I don't think that the public has really grasped enough yet is that the, the, the big thing about, about uh, Trump in the election and, and right afterwards was this connection with Russia, right? Yep. So, so most people on, on the left would say that, you know, Trump got elected with the help of Vladimir Putin and Vladimir Putin is basically controlling Donald Trump now. People have said well, that. <laughs> and, and, so, and, so, and so that's what this whole, the whole um, investigation has been about. So and anyway, the, the point is, is that now we are actually seeing in action something that Donald Trump is doing that's actually helping Vladimir Putin. Yes. This, this move uh, withholding weapons and money from Ukraine is helping Ukraine's enemy. Russia and Ukraine are literally in a war right now. Correct. Not like a not like a fake Cold War, or not like a uh, you know hacking computer war. There's an actual war going on. So Donald Trump is withholding the things that that this small country needs to defend itself, but by proxy defend Russia. I mean, the, the defend Europe, right? And and our and NATO and all those things. So it, it's it's. It, when you really look at it, he's doing Vladimir Putin's bidding in that phone call. Correct. And that, like you said, that's what people need to grasp is that, you know, there is a real war going on. Russia annexed Crimea, which is part of the Ukraine, uh, right around the time of the 08 Olympics. And nobody really called him on it. I mean, everybody was mad about it, but nothing happened. And since 08, whenever they annexed Crimea back, because and I say back because Ukraine used to all be part of the Soviet Union. And yeah. clearly there's, I mean, again, we're not going to get into the inner workings of the Ukraine tonight and the Russian people who live in the Ukraine and former Soviet republics and all that, but it is a real war. Ukraine well, ha- Kevin, one, th- one thing that I will say is that is that when you said that people made a big deal of it, but nobody really did anything, yeah. well, the one thing that the United States did do was put sanctions on Russia correct. because of that. Correct, correct. And and those those sanctions hit Russia really hard. Super hard. And Russia's, you know, it it, it, it doesn't help them to be able to, you know, have the access to, to the different you know, markets in the United States and, and elsewhere that they right. want. So these sanctions really do hurt them. So this, these sanctions is are something that Vladimir Putin wants taken off. Right. And that's part of what, what, what his goal is with, in my opinion, what his goal is with Donald Trump. Well, yeah, I mean, his goal of not getting Hillary Clinton elected and therefore helping her opponent, regardless of who it was, and in this case it was somebody who was like, please help me, literally said it out loud. Um, yep. But was he didn't want the person to win the presidency who was going to continue the doctrine under the Obama administration of massive sanctions against the Russian Federation. So, yeah, so that's true. And so the other big thing in all of this is you're starting to see – we'll get into Rudy Giuliani in a minute. He's his own, he's his own category. But you're starting to see – even the people who thought they were so connected to, to the president that they couldn't possibly get thrown under the bus are now, like, he will literally throw everybody in front of the bus first. So, Bill Barr, welcome to the bottom of the bus. Um, you know, Moscow Mitch, welcome to the bottom of the bus. I can already see Matt Moscow Mitch starting to, like, 
do a little bit of a like last second, like trying to save the last shred he has before getting run over by the by the bus. It's it's amazing that people continue to fall for this. I read I read a quote that somebody brought up today or a tweet from back before Lindsey Graham was compromised and when John McCain was still alive, and this is during the primaries 2016, Lindsey Graham's tweets you know, before the election and before he, he stopped running and before John McCain eventually passed away and his tweets after, whatever happened, they got him because he said things like, if this guy is the president, you know, and then fill in the blank, negative thing. And now he's like the only person grandstanding to say that facts aren't facts, the recording wasn't a recording, and that proof of treason is actually just hearsay. What? But like, that's... That's the amazing thing. It's like, what do they or somebody have on someone like Lindsey Graham to, in this moment, still not say, you know what, fine, you guys are right. <laughs> like, yeah. just come clean, Lindsey Graham. We're going to find out anyway what they have on you because it's all going to go to crap. That's my point. It's all coming out. It's, it's, all, it's all coming out, and um, people are, are starting to learn very fast that Donald Trump is – when this whole thing goes down, he, he just doesn't want to be the one at the bottom. I mean, yes. he's done some, some weird things that were like, that kind of seemed like tells in a way, right? So the, the other day when he, when he first found out about impeachment, the press conference that he gave that same day, he just looked so deflated. And he looked like a man who had been talking to his uh, defense attorneys about what, what, the, the federal government was going to do when during this invest, investigation. Yeah. So he kind of like saw what the negatives that are going to come down the road, and and he just was talking very very dejectedly, which we're not used to seeing from him. But but um, the other thing that he's doing is he's throwing out other people's names, yes. like as if like oh they were there, they knew this. Look at Mike Pence's phone calls. You know, he's like, uh, for no reason. Nobody was talking about Mike Pence's phone calls. And then Trump just starts throwing out there Mike Pence's phone calls as well. This man, he, he, he's not, he doesn't have any morality. and he, he, He's not going to be at all sticking up for somebody else. He's going to be the first person to push somebody under the bus, like he yeah, said. Yeah, exactly. It's the most amazing duality of he expects uncompromised loyalty and part of that is that he can literally push you off a cliff because you're loyal. And Mike Pence is probably gambling a little bit when he took the nomination as the VP candidate that if this guy screws up, I'll get to be the president. Um, but if Donald Trump's never going to let Mike Pence be the president if Donald Trump has dirt on Mike Pence. Everybody's going to go down in order before him. He's gonna. It's like it's like in the, in the horror movie when Jason's coming through the door and people are just stacking the couch against the door and then a trash can against the couch and then you know it's like well, okay, but Jason's still gonna murder you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it's it's so true. And and the other thing is that like I, I think in a weird way he also might be thinking like all right, if if they're implicated and they and they they know that they can get down with me go down with me, they're more likely to lie right to the end because Correct. it's in their own self-interest. I mean, it's just, it's just such a, such a dirty, like mafia mobster play. It's, it's weird. I don't know. It's just weird. Like thinking about these things going on in the Oval Office. Speaking yeah. of the mafia today on CNN, a, a great actor who's been a mafia portrayer many a time, Robert De Niro 
on CNN this morning and says the words F them twice about all the kind of sycophants and people who enable the president and all the people who are trying to make excuses and say it's not a big deal. We're at a point where A-list actors and people with platforms are like feeling compelled to go on CNN in the first place and talk politics, but they're the only people who feel safe and legitimate enough to like actually not worry about their own marketing and financial success anymore and just go all in on like berating and calling out this like the fact that our republic is becoming like rotten to the core in front of our eyes. Um, so 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 and, and and so what I what I would say about that is that like um, it's thank God somebody is right. Because yes, somebody the platform before, absolutely before you know Nancy Pelosi made the decision that she did this week. You know, and, and things you know right, right after the Mueller report happened, and, and then and then we've had these um, these hearings, and you know these people are just going, Corlin Lewandowski going in front of in front of the uh, Congress and just lying and like not being nice at all, and not you know not usually giving the the, the level of respect that you're supposed to give to you know when you're in front of Congress. It's like done and. It's just like what, why, how you you have this information in front of you, and and we you have these things that you know that the president did wrong, and yet you're not going to impeach, you're not going to do this. Like, wh- why why should anybody have any faith in you as Democrats if you're just going to let this happen? Yeah. So thank God somebody like Robert De Niro is willing to say something, something like it. I think a lot more people should be acting like that right now. Oh no question, especially people with platforms. And, and again, there are actually a lot of. You know, it's really funny. I, I find myself purposely trying to agree on Twitter with people who are either, you know, traditionally Republicans or even if they're Tea Party people who I don't agree with on basically 99% of anything. But like someone like a Joe Walsh who's running for, for president, right? Um, Joe Walsh has said out loud on Bill Maher and other places he and the Tea Party helped create Trump, right? Like, he created this monster, and while I would never vote for a single policy that Joe Walsh has, at least he's willing to say, you know, I'm an idiot on this Trump thing. I was wrong, and I'm going to run against him and try to do something to stop it. Doesn't mean I sympathize with any other thing he's ever done in his entire life, but the fact that I'm agreeing with him on, on this at least he has a spine to say it, right? Like, at least he has a spine to say, I helped create this monster, and I need to be part of the, the takedown, you know? Um, there's, I'm not even going to give him props for it. I'm just saying people with platforms need to be doing this. They need to be doing this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I also think that um, the way that you were talking about, you know, people that you have any agreements with, I think that, um, what this is, what this thing is going to take, and I, I do think that the Democrats, the Democrats are in like a strong position. Um, but what it's going to take is it is going to take um, the, the Democrats like talking to the country and trying to make it not about politics and say, you know, this is about national security. You know, you can only hope that people will start listening when when they they start to hear what kind of a negative effect it could be if Vladimir Putin is actually the president. controlling <laughs> some, he's controlling, exactly, by proxy, if he's actually controlling um, Donald Trump's actions oh, yeah. and, and, and where that could lead us to. So I think that so, 
somehow, you know, we have to get that through to people that like, you know, this is, it's an emergency that way. Like you can't just go through the normal steps and be like, and, and, and give this guy the respect that some people would say he deserves. No, it's a threat. It's a problem. It's like a national security problem. Right. It's like the, the we, we've all seen movies where, you know, the guy, again, like at some point the plot turns and, you know, the person in office or whatever doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. Or the person in power is a double agent. You know, and, and you know, until proven otherwise, it just seems really interesting that Ronald Reagan through Barack Obama and going way back to, like, the 40s, Russia slash the Soviet Union was public and private enemy number one and now we've got somebody who's like they're not so bad <laughs> like but but what he's really saying is actually maybe vladimir putin's running north america right now like and again i'm talking sensationally but really am i we don't know anymore like we don't know anymore we don't know who the pre- like we don't know anymore and so to your point we do have to move quickly it's a national emergency to not know whose team the president of your country's on well, and so and so to that point, it's like it's like we don't you say we don't know anymore three times. And what I would say is that like I feel that same level of, of frustration, especially when you have an attorney general who seems to be like down yeah. for whatever plan they're going to do. You know what I mean? Like it's not like it's not like there's this line between um, you know for, certainly not the president and no. the general, but also not between the kind of thing where the president feels comfortable sending Rudy Giuliani off, who's who's not a public official at all. He sends, sending him over yep. to work on some deal. Yep. Oh, and also, why don't you work with the Attorney General of the United States as well? And so, you know, obviously we all saw that what the Attorney General said after the Mueller report um, was, you know, so disingenuous and yeah, uh, you know, and protecting of the president. Um, that that that's even that's even more frustrating and scary that you you can see that some of these people who are in positions of power who should be that you know that mechanic mechanism that pops in and says oh you know we got to do something about this guy that all of those mechanisms are failing and right. that's 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 where you got to say okay this isn't about red or blue this is about the country this is about right and wrong or like yeah it's about security and insecurity all right it's about yep. Continuing on as a global as a global force, or becoming a, a puppet country of somebody else's country, which again, I'm not trying to be sensationalistic, but that could be on the table. Um, you know, and it's funny because again, you, you find yourself like Jeff Sessions, who I agree with on nothing, <laughs> right? At yep. least he had the decency to be like, I have to recuse myself from this conspiracy that I'm involved in, right? Like, it has to appear legitimate. And then Bill Barr is like, I don't, <laughs> right? Like yeah. Bill Barr is like, hold my beer. Brett Kavanaugh, hold my beer. Like they're putting in people who are compromised, Lindsey Graham, or who have more uh, self-interest, Mike Pence, than the country's interest. And so it's taking people with any type of like patriotism, big or small. Every little shred of patriotism is all we have left between a full banana republic possibility and like the America that we all knew and loved, call it 50 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, whenever you loved America, you know, like it's every shred of patriotism is what we need right now, big or small, heroic or semi-heroic, 
because the people that have been surrounded by the Oval Office are people who care about themselves or power more than they care about right and wrong and security of everybody versus their own gains, in my opinion. You know? Oh, yeah, I, I 100% like, agree, agree with that. I, I think that, like, uh, you know, one of the things that, I, that I've been seeing is, uh, you know, you know we have this we have this argument now where you have you know Fox News and then you have CNN or MSNBC and most people don't watch both right they Correct. watch it's an echo one. chamber yeah and so and so one thing that that it's very, it succeeded in is saying that there is there's no there's no truth we can't agree on a truth there is no truth anymore so that pretty much puts everything up to question, you yes. know, if we can't agree on, you know, basic scientific facts like climate change or that kind of thing, we can't agree on these things. So, you know, what the media says, that's not true. What the president says, that's not true also, but hey, nothing's true. So, so that's, that's what Russia is, right. you know, that's, that's, that's how, yeah how Russia runs. It's like, oh, well, you know, the rules, the rules, but as long as you pay this guy off and hey, everybody else is doing it. And you know, that's, that's Russia. That's, that's not the United States that we would be proud of. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I'm not saying there aren't shady dealings in America and the private sector, but like the one, and I'm not saying there haven't been any in government in the history of the country. Right. But at the end of the day, the checks and balances, which are getting tested by by harder than they've ever been tested before, in my opinion, uh, of the Constitution and everything else, co-equal branches of government. I mean, probably since the nation literally broke apart during the Civil War, uh, it's it's like th- like what's written down as like the checks and balances of letting absolute power not run amok and corruption is like literally being tested more than anything. And it's amazing if you want to talk about it, going back to the Watergate thing. You know, whatever tips they got that were seemed little at the time, and you keep pulling the thread of the sweater, and all of a sudden, you know, it's a big deal. You know, you mentioned uh, the Mueller report earlier, and, and Trump always knew he had a problem with the Mueller report, right? And so they spent time and effort to get someone like Bill Barr involved, and they spent time and effort to, like, even though it was a very damning report, um, it, it, they could skate it. But with this whistleblower thing, See, that's something that people with giant egos who aren't very smart about statecraft and don't surround themselves with people who are very smart about statecraft. That's a place where you, that's a blind spot. And so Rudy Giuliani could not be a bigger liability to himself or his client, a.k.a. Donnie, than he already is. And he can't get over himself enough to not go on TV and he's not smart enough or locked in enough to not give us everything we need to keep pulling the sweater and pulling the thread and unraveling the mystery. And Donnie's the same way. And it takes whoever the whistleblower is to be smart enough to funnel it through a way that it's going to get out with enough credibility. And then hopefully other people do the same thing. And then hopefully these big ego people get taken down by like a, th- a thousand paper cuts, you know, a thousand little procedural things that they didn't know about and were too damn important to worry about, and it brings them down. And that's the only hope. It's crazy. Yeah, it, 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 I think it is. It would be kind of ironic for for Donald Trump, who who got rid of, you know, when, when you go talking about, um, you know, you know, the Jeff Sessions, and, and then he brought in William Barr and that kind of thing. So whenever somebody 
stood up to Donald Trump and told him no, well, you know, they were going to be gone pretty soon. So yes. he surrounded himself with people who just said yes and said, yeah, the way you want to do it is perfect. And the, the way that you, everything that you say is this great and your, sm- your farts smell great too. And so it's like, <laughs> and so it's like, it's like he, so he only wanted that around him. But, but what he pushed out were the people who could say, hey, by the way, if you're, if, if you want to do this, this is the right way to do it. And also, if you're trying to, like, you know, break the law, this is the right way to do it, too. Like, he got rid of all the people with the knowledge that could have actually helped him clean this up and keep it out of the light and all that. But, but because he couldn't handle anyone saying no to him or challenging his ego, he, that's, what, that's what's going to do him in, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and it's amazing because if you look at... You know, every empire falls, every leader goes down, you know, heck, you know, you and I could go down for espousing our opinions today on this podcast. You know, who knows, right? My point is, but, but like, eventually, if you don't surround yourself with people who not only have your best interests in mind, but also are like good at their job, um, you're done for. To your point, nobody wanted him to have really skilled people to help him break the law, allegedly. But the fact that he pushed them all out is pretty ironic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's 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 hilarious, and and, and the, the, especially right now because with the way things are going, you know that John Bolton, somebody who ju- he just recently yes. pushed out, has been someone who's been very happy to speak to the media about all this stuff that's going on. So it's like you know the. the and, and that's why I think this pick this this is going to pick up steam because if anybody feels like they have anything that that is, you know can tip the scale i think people know that you know this is the time to do it you know get it out there um i'm sure there'll be more whistleblowers coming forward and uh you know hopefully we get back on the right track yeah and well, speaking of the right track too it's like here's a question for you do you think let's let's say this this i want to say let's say this all ends but you know even if he gets impeached in congress i can't see the senate confirming it i just can't um but let's just say somehow in 2020 there's, there's a different president okay or sooner and i hope there is not not just because i didn't vote for the guy in the first place but we just can't keep doing this but let's just say hypothetically do you think it's even possible for america to go back to the to just the, the normal version of dysfunctional dc politics or are we just too broken now from this I think that we're. I think that we're broken. I think that. Um, and, and 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 not to say that I don't think that there's a way to fix it, right? But I don't think that that happens. You know, in a next administration, it's not going to happen in like a four-year or eight-year span. Um, I I think that that we need to find find you know an, a way to agree, some kind of arbiter something that kind of gets us to say, hey, you know, you see things from a completely different perspective than the way that I, than the way I see them. And a lot of that probably has to do with the way that we were raised or where we live or, or these, all these different things. But at least we can agree that we, if we can agree on some things, we can get something, improve some things, which might also fix a lot of the things that are differences. So, so I, I don't think that's going to happen quick, but you know, I, I, I can only hope that that's where this will lead eventually. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, listen, I, 
Like, I remember back in 2015, and this is when the pod started, 2015, I remember doing primary, you know, primary season 2015 going into 2016, and we were talking about, you know, wacky characters like Bernie Sanders at the time and, and Donald Trump at the time, and, and, and like, it was entertainment, especially because the freestyle tends to be light. You know, we tend to do a pretty light show. Um, clearly, this topic really can't be made funny in the moment. Um, at least not by someone like me. I don't know how to do it, uh, nor, nor do I want to. But, but like, like there was a place for like satire and just wondering what was going to happen. But there was never this danger that we weren't in control of our own destiny, regardless of which politician who probably has some skeletons in their closet of some kind was going to take us. Like we all at least thought, well, no one's going to sell out America like to somebody else. Like. Corporate America sells out stuff every day. I get that. But my point is, like, the ethos of the, we can't be bought by another country, you know. And it came crumbling down so quickly, which is, I think, the thing that has me the most worried is it's a lot easier to, to destroy something than it is to build something. And I agree that it won't come easy. But I really hope, and I don't know how, how it will be done, but I really hope that if and when this whole thing ends with this particular leadership and administration, like, it doesn't have to be the way it was prior to this either. Like, it will be, because news makes more money when people scare the heck out of people and create enemies and all that. But, like, you know, it just doesn't have to be like that to a point where fiction and facts no longer, you know, they get blurred. And that's, I think we got to hold our news, our news agencies more accountable like, like facts matter. You can spin a fact, but you can't say that fact's not true. And, you know, it's, I'm just hopeful, hopefully get back to that point and start from there. But I don't know if we can. I really don't. I, I, I guess, I guess that, I, you know, I agree with everything that you just said. And I, I can add a little hope to your hope and basically say, like, you know, I, I think history kind of does... It, it, ma- it matters. It, it affects the, what comes in the future, right? So um, the fact that that we went to, we had a war like Vietnam, it probably changed things that we did in the years after that. Yeah. Not saying we didn't do anything stupid. But, but I can only hope that as a country we're going through this and we're all kind of learning a little bit and, and, and kind of like um, saying, okay, this is the kind of thing we have to watch out for to make sure that it doesn't happen again, you know, um, that, that's going to take time, but hopefully it happens. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, all right, any other hot takes or winners or losers from what's going on this week? In your opinion, like for instance, Nancy Pelosi's been dragging her feet on impeachment for a while now. Um, some would say at this point <laughs> she looks crazy like a fox in, in a good way because now it seems like she might have not only enough enough of a majority, but also kind of a, um, the, the biggest smoking gun she's had to this point. I mean, is she a winner right now, or is she a loser for waiting so long? What do you think about that? Nancy Pelosi is, is the biggest winner, okay. and um, I, 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 would, I would say that's driven a lot from, from my own perspective, where, you know, up up until like two weeks ago, I was saying, "Come on, you gotta you gotta make, take some action, or the action that you're doing, you have to be smarter about it. These hearings have to be better. They're, you know, you can't just bring people in front of you that you know are just gonna ignore you. That just like so she did so much wrong, in my opinion. But then 
But then when, when she got the right card, she played it 100% correct. And I, I don't, I don't want to say played it as in like, you know, that this is all politics, but um, I think that she got the card and she, she's using it the best way in her power to, to change the, the, the current state of things. So I definitely think she comes out looking really good right now. Gotcha. Okay. And, but see everybody, Mark, Marky said in there somewhere that he didn't agree personally with what she was doing. And even though he's, he votes Democrat and she's a Democrat. So it's okay to hold your own people in check sometimes too, you know? And if you do that, and I'm not saying this is a Republican thing or a Democrat thing, but if you just hold your people in check and admit that they're fallible and call them on it, you don't get situations like we're dealing with and talking about today. Or at least you mitigate the chances of them happening again, for gosh sakes. Like, people have to be held accountable. Everybody is wrong sometimes, man. Jeez Louise. It's like... It's it's been the most maddening thing to just like the whole hurricane thing, the whole uh, like we used Alabama. a sharpie to put the hurricane. At least you, like you're the president of the United States. Get your people to make you a new fake map. Yeah. Like again, if you're gonna cheat, and again, I'm not trying to give you bad advice. Like, I'm not trying to give bad advice, but for the country, but like you're the president, make it look good. Like when I reference the crack research team in the pod, it's nobody else, it's just me. Surprise everybody. He literally has a crack research team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, and, Don't use a sharpie, I, dink. Just, just really quickly, like that. just one of those things that, you know, deteriorates our trust in government. It's like, next, you know, you need to be able to know that the weatherman isn't scared to make a call because it's going to offend Donald Trump. It's just such a weird universe that we live That's in. That's North that Korea stuff. Fun. That's North Korea stuff. Yes. Like, we don't aspire to be, like, the hermit kingdom, guys. Like, and that's my point. Just make people admit when they're wrong, or then you just fill in. I don't, I mean, I've, I've said enough. But it's, it's, just, it's, like, it's, it's sad that we have gotten to a point where we even need to do this. Like, anybody should be able to run for president, and anybody should be able to get elected and win. But, but if they are not up to the task or if they're using the job to, like, aid our enemies or the enemies of somebody else for their own personal benefit. Like we got to call that out. Everybody, we got to call that out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and so to, to, to your point about like the hot takes about for, for the week. Right. So I think that, um, I definitely think Nancy Pelosi is is the winner. Um, and if you're talking about, you know, excluding Trump and, and William Barr and Rudy Giuliani, but, uh, what, probably the biggest loser would be Joe Biden. Yes. Um, and that, and that, you, you know, speaking of holding your own people accountable, it's just it's just dumb to do something like that, right? You just want to make sure that the things that you do when you're a public servant, you know, pass the smell test a million times over. You know, you want to make it seem like you, yeah. you don't have any conflict of, of interest at all. And, Correct. you know, just Correct. being in that position with a country like Ukraine and having a son, at the, at the very least, you know, profit from the situation, that just that doesn't doesn't look very good. You know what I mean? So I think that he's the big the biggest loser of the week, other like other than Giuliani and Barr and Trump. But, but um, I, I also think that, like, for... For Democrats, that's not the worst thing. I think that he, 
I don't think that he's the person that we really want leading us at the time right right now. And and I've, I've gone back and forth on that one, but I, I, I he does look like he's lost a step. And I know that's not a popular thing to be able to say, but. I, I, he just looks like he's not as quick as he used to be, and you know, he took he's taken the last three years off, right? I mean, he's taken the last it's three a, years off. He thought he was done. It's a hard job. It's a hard job, and you know, there was a reason that he wasn't going to run. You know, after Obama's term ended, you know, one that he didn't want it, but I think two, he probably thought like, how am I going to follow that? I'm, how am I? Up? I'm not up for it, you know. And now. You know, again, you got guys like Bill Well deciding to run. Like, people are just coming out of the woodwork saying, well, crap, like, I might not win, but I got to at least try. You know, like, mm-hmm. I feel like you or me or anybody else who's over 35 years old who's able to run mathematically, if we had the money and time and platform, like, there'd be much more of us saying, shoot, like, let's all run for president. Like, and by that, I mean, like, we got to do whatever we can do to, to, to try to, you know, do what we think we have to do, not to talk in too many like circular circles, but so Biden's right. Biden's jumping off the mat. He's decided he's going to get back in the game. But to your point, is that the right candidate? That's a different podcast. But has he maybe, you know, is he is he up for the job like he would have been up for it in 08 or like twelve or you know sixteen? You know, maybe not. Which again, we can admit the fallibility of our leaders or potential leaders. We have to be able to do that. You know, do would I rather him or anybody else on planet Earth? Who's a generally good American citizen, you know, to 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 take the mantle? Yeah, that'd be great, you know. <laughs> yeah, anybody. Like, yeah. So I'm not here to nitpick Joe Biden, but I do agree. Bad look for Joe this week, for sure. Um, and that's okay. Like, that's that's the truth. Again, we're not we're we're well past partisanship here. It's it's time to just like agree on what's right and protect the country from people who want to use it. To either enrich themselves or aid our enemies at our own expense. I mean, that's come on. That shouldn't be something I have to say to the podcast at eight thirty at night on a Sunday. Way, way above my pay grade, everybody. Way above <laughs> it. Way above it. Margie Sal, anything else relative to this wonderful little fun topic? No, no. I mean, I, I well, I will say that I think that strategy-wise, I think that the Democrats need to keep you know, their foot on the pedal, I think they need to move fast. And uh, I know the, the, the Republicans are trying to say that, you know, moving fast would be unfair. Um, but I think the reason they're saying that is because, you know, Donald Trump isn't ready for this to move fast. He was, he, he liked the Mueller scenario because he had all this time and, every, you know, no, no collusion, no obstruction. Like he said it every single day. Right. And so he had time to really change people's, perception of it just based on the fact that like if you hear somebody state that every single day that's going to change your perception yes and and so he he wants to be able to have time to you know change people's perception on this and to you know just muddle muddle everything up and make you know make it take as long in the courts as possible so that it doesn't touch them so i i think that i think that they 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 need to move fast on it and i think that it's it if if the the Democrats just show the discipline, a little discipline, and a little spine. I think that um, it, it will happen, and it will happen fairly quickly because, you know, it's like the House of Cards. There's, there's people who haven't spoke up until now who will start speaking up. So yeah. I guess that's how I would uh, 
summarize it. I think between who speaks up and what they have to say, that'll be the most interesting part to see if the Senate would would actually confirm a potential impeachment. And again, that's stuff we don't know yet, right? Because we we don't know, and I think that's the big thing. Like when people are, are trying to say, oh, it's, you know, if it goes to the Senate, there's no way it passes the Senate. It's just not Senate, you know, is how many Republicans there are, but. We don't know what facts are going to come out between now and then. You know, there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot that can change. Would, and so, yeah. I would also say this, just relative to anybody who happens to be a Senate Republican, um, who isn't totally compromised or like all the way in on Trump already. Somebody who does the right thing during this may vault politically to a different level. And instead of riding the coattails of what seems to be a ship that is on its way to nowhere, you know, if, if somebody, quote, comes in and does the right thing, it certainly isn't going to be Mike Pence who gets the benefit of this doubt. You know, it's certainly like it's not going to be Moscow Mitch. You know, it's it's going to be somebody a little bit more unsung, you know, and to your point, yes, Democrats need a spine. But I would say to the Republican who shows spine the best in the Senate, you got a shot to be the next nominee. Because if this, he, if this guy gets, he will be he or she will be a hero to yes Democrats and and Republicans alike. Yes, he would be a hero. He or she would be a hero. I agree with that a hundred percent. And so that's my point. So everybody who's made it this far, but has been hate listening. I don't even care if we have a Republican president again. That'd be totally fine with me. But I need someone to step up and show me that they have a spine and that they care about the right thing. And honestly. Somebody doing the right thing in politics at this point is going to pay dividends. Like, and, and they will be a hero if they don't even run for president. They'll be a hero for doing the right thing with their platform. So like, I'm optimistic that some, some people are going to like, show up and, and do their job. Uh, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well said. We'll see. All right, Mark, you stick around for a minute. We will catch up. Everybody else, thanks for listening. To the freestyle, we will stay away from politics in the next pod unless something, you know, unless this thing goes into further overdrive. And then, of course, you know, we're going to talk about the topic du jour at all times in the freestyle. Marky, thanks for being on, bud. Thanks, guys.